Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. We're just talking about um, the violence, the riots, the protests in Dublin city centre last night. And we heard from two eyewitnesses um, in the first part of the show today. If you, I mean, Just incredible listening to uh, Kyle and Anthony tell their stories, what they witnessed, what they saw. Kayo, who himself intervened in the situation. You can listen back on uh, the News Talk app if you want to hear those, if you miss them. But look, as you know, I mean, the protests and the violence was was just unprecedented. Um, the guards are telling us today there were seven cars damaged by fire, including three buses, three guard the cars and one Lewis tram. That's just by, by fire now, alone last night. Eight other guard the cars also extensively damaged. 13 properties as well attacked in Dublin city centre and substantially damaged as well. One member of the guards, two, uh, a number of members, sorry, I should say the guards were injured and and, and one seriously too, uh, still receiving treatment in hospital. But there's an image, you know, when I'm looking at it here actually on Sky News as I'm talking to you today and, and, and the BBC and all of the other European news outlets and they're all showing, you know, footage and pictures of last night. And you can see the Dublin bus, double-decker bus on O'Connell Bridge set alight and in flames. And it's just, you know, the the power of that image been pumped across the world today following what happened. The driver of that bus, that Dublin bus, Silish, is with me here on Lunchtime Live. Silish, tell me what happened last night. Um... It was kind of very. Sh- it was shocked what was happening. Uh, I was driving back special to garage from Adamstown, and I was un- unaware of what was happening. So when uh, I start to, I was in uh, Bachelor's Walk, start to crawl down to Connaught Bridge. There was one bus in front of me. He passed away fine, and I was. I saw a guy that car was on fire, but I was still unaware what happened. So when I start, when there was. There was red light. When it was green light, I started to crawl, go, move forward and slowly. There was two guys just came with a scooter in front of the bus, and I was stopped there. I still could not understand what happened. So they start to shout and bang on the, on the windscreen, and they come on the side door, open the front door. One opens the front door, and another one opens the, the, the central door. And with no reason, uh, my... Screen was halfway down. I was coming back special, so I was put the screen down uh, halfway down. So they just threw two punch on me, and they started to, to, to scream. Say, what are, what are you doing? And she get out from here. So, 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 so I, Silish, can I can I just ask you for a moment? You, you were driving. You were driving uh-huh. that bus. That yes. image that we've all witnessed set ablaze yes. on O'Connell Bridge in Dublin. You were the driver of that bus last night. I was yes. So you were driving the bus after you got the call to go back to your base. You were no, I I, I finished my walk on Understown, so I go back as special. I walk as special. Okay. To and then you you came up to the the lights, um, just crossing yeah. O'Connell Bridge. Yeah. And of course, I'm sure it, you you knew at this stage. You'd heard at this stage about the the protests and. No, I did not know nothing. I you knew know. nothing about it at that stage. No. So the no. first, the first you heard about what had happened in Dublin last night was when, when I, I, I did not know. I was unaware completely. I, when I only saw a car that was a, a car was on fire and was a lot of people who was taking picture. I was surprised and I did not understand what was going on. Uh, 
I was still there and 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 waiting for the light, but I, my I I want to go back to Paris, mm. take my car to go home. So I I did not know what was happening. I was unaware completely. And you see where things was goes wrong. I I crawled halfway up the street and. They just stopped me in the middle of the street. They stopped you. They, they, they stopped yeah. you. They, they, they came out on, on scooters in front of on the bus scooter, and stopped yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Two young lads came out on the on front of the bus and stopped me. And what? And what did they do, Silish? They they, they start to be aggressive, very aggressive, and and start to bang on the windscreen. Went on the side door, opened the front door, and the central door. Both of them stopped to scream, and just throw two punch on me. For no reason, I, I was still I was still talking about what what happened. They just threw two punch and um, they threw I, they, they 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 got into the bus through the doors, yeah. And they started they came up to where you you pay at the bus and through the little um, screen and they started to to yeah. punch you there. Yeah. What? Um, what? You must have been absolutely terrified, Silas. I was. I I I. It was still out of my mind. What what. What what just happened? I I I I don't know what to say, but it was just what was out of mind. So I I I I was I was keep talking to them. So they went out. I closed the both door and put, moved the screen up. Put the screen up. Tried to call the controller, but there was no time because there was a, a lot of around ten guys coming in front of the windscreen. A big a kind of tall guy came in front of me, started to bang the windscreen and said to me, get out now, get out from the cab now, get out from this bus now. So I couldn't, I, I, they, I, I was still like, no, want to know what happened. So there was around 10 guys come to the, to the side door. They opened the, the door again. They said to me, get out or we kill you. Get so out, that, get out of the bus. Okay. Or we'll yeah. kill you. Yeah. So I was I I went I went in my car. I said, "Listen, guys, I'm out. I'm out." So I take my bag there. But there was luckily at this time, I don't know from where there was a tall, a tall guy came in uh, at the corner and said, "Come on, come on, come on, get out from this place. Get out now. I take you out." So I take my bag more quicker, and as the guy hold me and walk me around the bus. And get me out to safety from He got he, sorry. He 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 walked you out of the bus and and yeah. walked you around and 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 were you hit then? No, no. The, he hold he he hold me tight completely, and no one no one was come back. Yeah, so so it was kind of a bit lucky. And he walked me out of the bus, and then I went I went out. There was three guards as I saw on the on the next direction, the traffic light. So he he walked me out from. from yeah. This this guy basically he he was protecting you he he, was he intervened when when the yeah. others had yeah God. that's what happened. Have you ever experienced anything like this before, Silas? No, not 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 in my entire life. This is the first thing that's happened. Like you said, I think what what just happened. I I I, I was marking in twenty seven dude. I deal with a lot of issue, but not this kind of issue. That was completely. Were there passengers on the bus? No, no, no I was coming in special. Yeah. There was only me. Um, you live in Dublin? Outside of Dublin. 15 years. 
Have you yeah. have you ever experienced, you know, like the attitudes and the things that have been said and and been and been said to you and the protests and the the chants well, and like I said, I I don't I take things I don't really take things up to hard. I just let go because I know uh, things happen and uh, there's things said to me. You know, I like I, said, I was marking someone like uh, I got a lot of words saying to me like what are you doing here? What are you working here? But I don't take that. You know, just I don't mind those things because that's normal. I take it as normal. But, are you fearful working in public transport, living in Dublin, Silish? Are you afraid? Uh, For your own safety? Uh, after that has happened now, it's just I have to take my time you know, to get back. But, uh, uh, well, I'm never, never afraid in my life. So it's, it's, I have to take my time to get yeah. through this one. To process what happened. Silish, I, I, I want to thank you for joining us in the programme today. It was a, a terrible experience and an ordeal that you, you went through yesterday. Um, look after yourself and thank you for joining us here on the show. Yeah, that's, that's not boring. Thank you. A lot of people getting in touch with us here in Lunchtime Live today, just looking to talk and, and give their reaction to what happened. And I want to hear from you. I am going to talk to you uh, very shortly in the programme. You can give us a call. 1800 453 106 is the number. But uh, there's also some of the parents from Galesgull Wurra and Parnell Square in Dublin. Um, they too want to chat to me in the show. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. And you're listening to Lunchtime Live as well. It's 1800 453 106 is the number. I know everybody across the country today is thinking about the children who were injured in the stabbing incident outside the school in, um, in Parnell Square in Dublin yesterday lunchtime. Like, just... Nearly 24 hours ago, uh, everybody is thinking about the kids and all of the kids at that school and their families today. But Eric is with me on the line, Eric Doran, because Eric, your own daughter goes to the school. When did you first hear about this yesterday, Eric? Um, I got a phone call. Hi, Andrea, how are you? I got a phone call about uh, roughly, I could be wrong with the times, around one o'clock yesterday um, to say that there's actually been a stabbing up at Isabel's school. Now, the text didn't say, obviously, who it was, or why, or what, or how. So um, I was with my sister, Christina, at the time. So uh, we shot down down to uh, Parnell Street. And um, obviously not knowing how serious it was or what was after happening. So we got to the corner of uh, the ambassador. It was kind of cornered after the police had it all blocked off. And there was a couple of hundred there already. Uh, the whole road was kind of sectioned off at this stage. And uh, we were trying to ex- explain to the police that Isabel was in that school and we were just kind of more worried about getting up to make sure she was okay, you know. Uh, we had a little bit of trouble getting past the police, but eventually we did. Uh, they let the burdens in. and um, to, but, that, but that wait, I, I think the whole wait uh, initially was like 15, 20 minutes of not knowing, but it, it felt a lot longer than that. Yeah, and yeah. of course, the rumor mill, you know, starts and news starts to 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 um, filter out, and I'm, I'm sure that for you, Eric, and other parents there, there was a lot of confusion and concern and yeah. and, and worry. Yeah. What age is Isabel, Eric? Isabel is eleven. Um, she's in sixth class, so she'd be one of the older kids in the school. Um, so 
even obviously now um, she, she's she's fine she does, she's, does, she's out well I don't mean she's fine but she's kind of she understands what's had to happen but they try to explain to the younger kids I think they were telling some of the younger, younger kids so it was a, a car accident outside because obviously how do you explain to a younger kid that what's really after happening you know um, so Isabel kind of knows what, what, what happened and um, she's, she's just she was in complete shock but obviously I didn't know yesterday who it was but when I went around to the side of the school, uh, around the back lane, um, there was about two or three kids in the back and a couple of, um, I think there were like detectives and a few police and a couple of teachers and that, but Isabel was kind of the first kid I've seen there and it was the, the relief was just, just I, I can't even explain it to be honest, but it's just, the, the fact that she wasn't one of the victims, you know, it was just, it was a horrible feeling, like the, the, whole, the whole thing was a horrible feeling, but I was so relieved that Isabel was, was, was okay, basically, you know. Sure, it's every parent's worst nightmare, Eric. Oh, uh, it was the, the the scenes. The scenes. I was there with my sister, and the the, the scenes at the, the back of the school. Like there was just parents like screaming, crying, just just praying that their kids walked out. You know, so because we kind of didn't know, but then there was a detective. Um, she kind of had a little say. She just kind of says, "Everyone that's here, um, uh, you don't have to worry. Your kid is safe if you're here." So that kind of made a lot of people feel at ease. But people still weren't satisfied, kind of, until their their child walked out of out the door. You know, just to be sure, because I, even when Isabel Isabel kind of ran over and she locked on to us, and then as soon as she kind of realised she was safe, um, the first thing she said was, uh, "Dad, I'm, I'm going back in." I said, what do you mean you're going back in? Said, I'm going back into the school. I said, you are not I'm going to grab that. You know, she said, no, yeah. I have to make sure my friends are okay. And that was her, her worry was to make sure all of her friends in school were okay. But obviously she didn't go back in, like, you know. God love her, like. Yeah, it was just, it was mad. And I was only talking to Isabel literally a few minutes ago. And I said, look, if there's anything you want to say, you know. Mm. And she says, yeah, Dad, if you're talking to anyone, can you just let them know that I wouldn't be afraid to go back to school? Like, all of my teachers in my school are great and I'm never afraid of, of going to school. And even though this is had to happen, I still wouldn't be afraid of going back to school. And I wouldn't, like, she, she, she couldn't um, give enough praise to our teachers, you know. Because uh, what had actually happened, she was meant to go swimming her class and uh, the swimming got cancelled. So it just not not because of this, it just happened to get cancelled. Mm. So they brought Isabel's class over to McDonald's in the Oilac, which is just around the corner. Uh, but they brought them over, I think around in around quarter past twelve, roughly, and I think they were brought back in around one o'clock. It might be a few minutes off at the time. But when they were brought back, there was a big commotion going on, and that that commotion was the actual event of the seventh. And and had had uh, the teacher not reacted so quickly, they she dragged the whole class the other way into the school down the side lane. But the the guy who who done the stabbing, obviously he, he'd had a whole he'd had a field day with that class, so they were actually blessed that it was, okay. uh, they they just avoided it by literally. Just the teacher had intervened, and 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 or the teacher was able to to I suppose yeah, re- yeah, redirect students. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. this is happening just beyond the door, but there's, a, there's another way in, kind of a lane way about fifty yards before the door. Oh, and I it, know. She, she dragged them up that way real quick, but yeah. it was just all. Was, the was quick thinking, I know. Well, should the, I'm sure yeah. for the, the, you know, when you're talking about Isabel and her, and the praise for her teachers, I'm sure should the, the teachers and, and the principal must be like the, the impact of this, yeah. you know, on, well, on them yeah. and, and talking to parents and the kids and. 
Yeah. Now, I haven't spoke to any of the teachers, um, but Isabel was kind of saying to me uh, this morning, she said, like, the, like, the teachers were crying and they, they didn't know what to do and, you know, in the school. And See, even even when I got to the back of the school, we weren't really sure if what was, if your mum was in the school. We didn't, we didn't really know what was going on. So we were, yeah. we were kind of not left in the dark, but we just wanted to know what's going on. But are they safe? And, you know, you just, you're, you're thinking a million different things. So no one things, knows what's you know? happened or who was involved yeah, or what was involved or anything. I know one. Yeah. The guards have to... We'll, we'll, we'll obviously look into and invest, yeah, investigate. Yeah, no, no. Well, to be honest, I'm not really interested in that. I was just interested in making sure that... You know, I know. I know it's... The, the other little girl is still fighting for her life, I believe, but it, it, I can only imagine my whole family is going through as well. You know? I think the whole country is thinking of, um, of the, all the kids involved and... and um, the lady in her thirties as well, you know, their care are involved too. It's just, it's, it's absolutely just, um, it's just absolutely devastating, really, isn't it? It's very hard to, to put into words. Um, Eric, thank you for for joining us on the program today. Um, actually, can I just uh, presume Isabel's at home today? Is she with? Her? Yeah, yeah. They were meant to, They were supposed to go in for an hour today. Um, with, with, uh, I think those the, had organised councillors from the HSE to do some kind of speech thing or something, or just just talk to them. But on account of all the trouble that happened in town last night, that was kind of called off. So there was yeah. no there was no school today. So to be honest, I think they probably should have a week off or something, and just to kind oh, of sure. let them, you know, to, 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 to kind of digest what's after happening. Yeah, like. yeah. And even I mean, how do you you know how do you talk to kids at that age? You know, and try to explain and 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 tell them what's happened. And your schools all over the world's media, you know, on front page of the paper, sure, it's an incredibly difficult task. Eric, thank you for for getting in touch with us here on Lunchtime Live. And um, it's been a pretty incredible show listening to to some of your stories today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Noel Kelly is on the line. Noel is from McDonald's Jewellers on O'Connell Street in Dublin. Noel, sure, you were nearly at the epicentre of all of this last night. Yeah, good afternoon, Andrea. Yeah, it, uh, we were right in the middle of it um, and uh, it was quite scary as, uh, as the afternoon and evening went along. Um, and uh, all I can do from from our end is we can commend the the Gardaí for uh, I thought for their performance on the night I thought they put up with some awful stuff mm-hmm. and uh, and I thought the reaction was was correct in the evening they didn't escalate it too early but uh, as soon as it got out of hand um, they uh, they were very much in force on O'Connell Street and did a fantastic job on clearing the street. Yeah. You know, I was talking to um, Declan Power, the security analyst, about this last night. You know, when we were doing the the special program, given what happened, and, and he was explaining how you de-escalate a situation like that. Because for a lot of us that really know little to nothing about security and trying to disperse riots and protests and incidents like this, your instant reaction is to think pile in as many guards armed with everything as quick as you can. But he was talking about how there's a, a much more strategic approach to that, you know, and, and effectively, I suppose, flush people out from, from certain areas. Fascinating. And there'll be a lot more about that in, in the post-mortem of all of this, I'm sure, in the, the days to come. But you were yeah. in McDonald's Jewellers when this happened. So so what happened? What what, what did the staff and, and your staff have to deal with know last night? Well, well, it started at just after one o'clock when we noticed uh, an escalation of emergency services heading down O'Connell Street. And uh, we obviously see that quite a lot 
during the day, but uh, was at a level that we hadn't seen for qu- quite some time. So we were aware something had happened further down the street. And, um, and that continued for most of the afternoon. But around four o'clock, we definitely noticed um, small groups and small uh, gangs of younger people arriving into the city where they were heads were covered and had scarves on, which you do see around the city, but not in the volume. It started at around four o'clock. So we felt the tension was starting around that time. And it obviously escalated down at the Parnell Street and um, up until about six o'clock. And then from there on, it spread back up the street, up to O'Connell Street. Um, that's when it became very sinister and very uh, and very frightening for our staff. Was the jewellers affected, Snowl? We uh, we pulled the shutters uh, when it escalated, and uh, when they came back up the street, and um, they there was uh, a lot of banging on the shutter. Um, but we were aware that the riot police had entered O'Connell Street at the time, so uh, we knew we were we were reasonably safe at that stage. Um, but if the riot police hadn't been there, we we certainly would have been breached. Did you have any confrontation, or did did the shop front have any impact from from rioters last night? No. Uh, bar banging on on the front. Uh, we took a security um, uh, change in around the uh, half six mark and, and brought the shutters down. Um, so we we probably um, made ourselves impenetrable impenetrable at that stage. So we probably weren't the easy target. However, if we'd stayed open, we were certainly the easy target. Yeah, absolutely. And did you you know lock yourselves in, inside the shop, or did did you? Get out! Did you know the regs? How did you get out? No, of there? We, we we had to lock ourselves in, and um, we we couldn't leave. And at that stage, there was quite a thick, a thick smoke on the street, which was coming in through the store. So it was very difficult to know uh, what was happening at street level. We could go up uh, in the building and, and observe what was going on, which we did. Um, so we knew we were reasonably reasonably safe at that stage. Um, but that's because we were locked in. But what was out on the street was uh, something that uh, is um, is unacceptable in a civilised society, really. Very frightening, I'm sure, and old for, for you and the staff. I mean, you're basically very, very ba- much. barricaded into your into your own shop. Yeah, well, what we were very concerned was there was a bus had uh, pulled up at, right outside our store and it was being vandalised uh, at that stage. We were very concerned the bus was going to be set on fire, which would have obviously spread to our building and with us inside, we, we were trapped. So um, that wasn't uh, an ideal situation. But the police, as I said earlier on, the, the reaction was, was really, uh, the timing was very good. And before that happened, they were able to save that bus, even though there was quite a lot of damage done to it. Um, so it's very easy to criticise uh, the, uh, the law enforcement I know. in this situation. Oh, they're getting into, they to be fair, because I know there'll be a lot of criticism of strategy and police and management and timing, but sure, for the, 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 the guards that were there as part of the public order unit last night, it's not them making the calls. I thought they did an Absolutely. incredible job. And I really did. I, I, we, we, were, and we had a bird's eye view, and, and when we had to leave the store, the, the riots were still in, in full flow at that stage. And they uh, surrounded us and got us out of the building. And they were excellent. And, and uh, you know, credit where credit is due. Absolutely, yeah, you're they, right to they're say putting up, They're putting up with awful stuff on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on our streets, and especially on a, on a Connell Street. And they need help. They need help not just from the government and, and their superiors, but they need help from the community as well. Community needs to back the police as best they can yeah. and let them know that they are an important part of our society. Sh- just Sean, or uh, Noel, I should say, sorry, um, 
How are you all in there today? Like, I mean, you and the staff. Are you open actually today? We, we, we opened earlier on and uh, and then there was rumours of a protest march uh, later on. So a decision was made by some of the stores in McConnell Street to shut again. Mm. Um, and there are some online social media uh, comments about a march tomorrow. Um, again, we'll, we'll make a decision on that tomorrow. Um, but uh, O'Connell Street has been... Um, suffers on, on a weekly basis with protest marches going down as far as GPO, whatever the actual issue is at the time, whether it's a world issue or an Irish issue, it seems to always congregate on a common street mm. and, and that needs to be policed better. We, we can't okay. just have, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. Okay. The current Palestinian situation is, um, is bringing that down every Saturday and we need that police properly as okay. well because I think that's the ne- next trigger point. I see a text in from, from Sean here. He says, you know, I've been caught up in major rioting in Derry in my time, but he says, I never thought I'd see such rioting down in Dublin city centre. Extremely sad to see. Timmy is with us as well. Um, Timmy, how are you feeling today? Yeah, good. Thanks for, t- thanks for giving me a ring there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You witnessed, I believe, some of the scenes last night, did you, Timmy? Yeah, I was, yeah. I was in town. I just happened to be in there with friends um, close by um, in a bar and kind of just was able to see probably on social media that things had gotten closer to us than we may have thought and then started to make our way out. Kind of got, ended up, I suppose, in the uh, in the wider uh, Westmoreland Street area, there kind of uh, that's obviously near O'Connell Bridge, and that was obviously the um, epicenter of the violence and the trouble. I, I suppose so. Look, no, it, it was very, it was very hostile. It was very violent. It was very scary, and I've just been, you know, there, there, there's been a bit of talk over the past while. I suppose was it just a crowd of young people? Or was it more a combination of influenced by, you know, elements of the uh, of the uh, far right or of, of a criminal element? It was definitely a combination of of, of the two. From I mean, what you I'm saw gonna, last night, I, or what I, you I, felt. I, I, I'm obviously not going to say who they were, but absolutely, there are far right people in that crowd egging them on, um, orchestrating potentially things as well. And you know people that you know from Twitter, from mm. from uh, from uh, okay. social media. Yeah, so okay. anyone that's kind of denying the connection of it to I, you I felt think from wrong, you what know, you so. witnessed last night and, and faces you saw, you you thought there was definitely a, an infiltration of that among the crowd. Yeah, look, suppose that'll be established, won't it, over the the coming days? And so this is going to go on now for for weeks. I've no doubt the analysis of all of this. Uh, stay with us, Timmy. Uh, Juliet, I think too on the line. Um, Juliet, you've been listening, you know, to 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 all of the different people we we've talked to here on lunchtime live this afternoon. How were you feeling after what happened last night? Um, to be honest, I'm still in complete shock because it it almost looks like it's a it's a clip from the film Armageddon to 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 see a city just go up in flames like that is is really something you don't expect to see on your daily life going to work or in your workplace or just going about your life. Um, and my thoughts are really with the family of the of the little girls mm. that that were stabbed. It's an attack on their innocence. Children don't have shouldn't have to go through something like that at that age to 
to see kids like that having to look over their shoulder now walking to school is not something that anyone wants their kids to go through. Like I'm a, I'm a parent myself and I have children and you don't want your children to be exposed to something like that. Um, and I just feel that I, unfortunately most of the time people are just looking for a spark, like a little magic spark to start violence against um, immigrants because this is a crime and should just be looked at as such. It is a crime and it should be dealt with as a crime. It's a criminal. It doesn't matter what where the criminal is coming from, whether they are Irish or they are African or they are Asian, wherever they are coming from, a criminal is a criminal and should be uh, treated as such mm-hmm. rather than uh, condemning a whole community and pinning it down on trying to um, address issues about immigrants by committing such violence in a shop. But what's um, actually surprising is that we we are destroying the, the city that we live in. And, and we want to be doing our shopping, our Christmas shopping. We want to be celebrating um, the festive season in a city that we are destroying. And it's an Irish city that we are destroying because yeah. of immigrants. It doesn't really make sense. We need to understand that there's no point in, in targeting um, buildings and things that we want to use again tomorrow. We want to be on the bus tomorrow. We want to be on the lowest tomorrow, but we are destroying I these know, things. The whole thing. Do you you live in Dublin, uh, Juliet? You do in, in the city, is it? I just live outside of Dublin, but I commute to Dublin. Um, I live in. Uh, I work in a practice uh, in a dental practice in, in close to the city centre. And to be honest, I, I I'm very lucky. I work in a practice that is very multinational. We've got uh, people in that practice. It's quite a big practice. We've got people from all over the world, from New Zealand, from Argentina, from uh, with Brazilians, we've got Polish people there, with Irish people there as well. Uh, but I've always been lucky and we've got such a good atmosphere there. But last night we had a few patients counselling because of this incident. So that's how we came to know about it. That's how you that knew. Was happening. Yes. And have, have you, like when, when you, you know, you see and you saw and you heard about the, the protests and I'm sure when you went home last night, Juliet, and you've been listening to, you know, the radio and even the show here, Lunchtime Live today and everything you've heard, like... Have, has this like the attitude towards um, immigrants and like has has it got worse? Like, I mean, how do you feel when you heard that? I feel it's it's, it's getting worse, and um, I think if they if we know that there are people that are sending around messages, this uh, should be looked at as well. But it is getting worse over the years. It it actually seems to go about in cycles. In and it's almost always tied to when people feel they are getting um, having some hardships in their lives. So whenever there is economic problems, the easiest group to target seems to always be um, the immigrants. It happened a few years ago when the Irish con- uh, economy went into a recession and we started to see all these anti-Irish businesses and all, all things for Irish and all okay. of this. And then, it, and then it did go quiet for another good few years because everything was fine again we were all we all had a few extra uh, cash to go on holidays and everything and now because um, there's a lot of talk about immigrants coming from from ukraine and we are going through again another maybe um, um, a smaller recession but we are going through some economic problems at the moment and again we target the immigrants so the immigrants are always the easiest group to target mm-hmm. we don't look at what the actual issues are 
But we forget that these immigrants are actually a lot, the, there's a higher percentage of immigrants that are here doing a lot of work in hospitals, um, like myself working in, in, in the dentist, healthcare workers, yeah, our bus drivers, catering, our cleaners. A lot of immigrants are actually working and we are contributing to the economy yeah. rather than taking from it. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a very, very fair point and a point well made, uh, Juliet, I think, um, by you today. I have another text in from a listener who says, I, you know, I just want to say, Andrea, I'm absolutely disgusted. I'm just disgusted by the thuggery last night in Dublin. Nothing, absolutely nothing excuses what we've witnessed in this, on the streets of our capital city and like that message just summarises, I'd say hundreds that have been coming into me since we started today. Marie is on the line as well with us, Juliet. Um, how are you feeling today, Marie? Hi, Andrea. Just uh, excuse the background noise. I'm on the dart, actually. Okay. Um, a couple of points listening to the previous speakers and to uh, commentators on, on News Talk this morning. Um, I was shocked. I was appalled uh, last night. I was extremely angry um, and ashamed that that would happen in our capital city. I was I was 11 when the uh, British Embassy was burned in 1972 and I've never seen anything like last night on, on Irish television. I think there's a couple of points. First of all, I think we have to avoid a knee-jerk reaction. I think we have to look at uh, a couple of issues. Um, first of all, uh, to say that we hope that there's full recovery mm. for those that were badly injured in the attack yesterday and think of their families. Um, I feel very much that we need to look at our country and say we are still a democratic republic. But last night, a few hundred folks held our capital city to ransom and put lives at risk of emergency workers, of the Gardaí, of transport workers, expectant mothers trying to get to the rotunda. And, and I think it's absolutely shameful. And I also think that the Minister for Justice and the Commissioner need to get down to work. It's a wake-up call. They need to listen to the Gardaí on the ground who know what they need. Um, there's not enough, I think, uh, resources and manpower. There's a big problem. I also think this is linked in some ways. There's an increasing sense of menace in Dublin in the last two years. The feeling of safe um, and of people, people feeling people safe. afraid to go in at night. Um, I think we need rigorous enforcement of the law. Um, and I think we need to state that these people last night do not represent Irish people who believe in democracy and welcome people to uh, enrich our society. We are all very happy to have these people from Africa, the Philippines, India, working in our hospitals as carers. And it's very, very important to state that the majority of Irish people um, are decent, law-abiding, but I think they now need to stand up and make their voices heard. Marie, thank you for, for getting in touch with us and, and sharing your thoughts with us today. Look, there's a lot of people who just want to talk, get it off their chest, say how they feel. You can give us a call. We'll stay with us here on Lunchtime Live. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. I'm talking to people about what happened in Dublin last night and about how you feel today, your reaction after you watched and witnessed and saw what happened on the streets of the capital. 1800 453 106 is the number. Teresa is with me on the line. Teresa, why did you get in touch with us here today? 
Yeah, I suppose I contacted today to kind of talk about, not so much about the events last night, but I was angered, disgusted, upset, distraught to see what happened yesterday lunchtime in Dublin. I, all I thought of was my two little boys. I collect them the same time as that time every day from school. And I thought, my God, imagine if I was in that situation. Like, And then what happened in Dublin last night happened. It was horrific to see our city looted, damaged, millions of water damage done. But I suppose my concern is, are we just going to focus on the events of last night? When are we going to start having a conversation about what happened yesterday, why it happened? Because what happened last night in Dublin reflects for me the mood of the country. I'm not going to riot. I'm not going to cause millions of euros worth of damage. But I'm angry. I'm angry at how our society has gone. I'm angry for my children. I'm worried for their futures about what kind of country okay. they're being brought up in. Like, you and know that. When when you say sorry, you, you, what age? Sorry, Teresa, did you say your your own kids. What age are they? And my kids are two and four. Two and four. You so know. you're bringing them probably to crash and. Preschool, Preschool, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Going to and from every day, yeah. like to same know, time. never, yeah, same time, never cast a thought about their safety or whatever. Yeah. But seeing yesterday what happened, it, it's scary. It, it, it's frightening for us all. Yeah. Like, I'd know, imagine, I I'd say a lot of people, you know, a lot of parents, Teresa, probably like you and I this morning, you know, heading into crash and, and school and junior infants and all. And I'm sure there were a lot of people feeling like you and just, just, Scared and frightened. Just scared, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And like people reacted last night in a way that you know that showed fear. Like, yeah, it wasn't acceptable. Like, but when are we going to start having that conversation about why? Why did yesterday happen? There's been other violent incidents in the country in recent years. And when are we going to start having that real conversation around? what's going on in our country? When are we going to start looking at our immigration policies? No one can say you know this. The information is emerging about who this person was. No, but we don't. I know, and we don't. We don't. No one really know. You know what I mean? So the guards will be will be looking into that. But I know the the point you're making is that you think there's a sort of a wider discussion around um, immigration policies. But I would say, you know, Teresa, for a lot of people last night looking at what happened, I would I would guess the vast majority of those out in the middle of that riot and the protest they don't like. It's not. It's not about immigration policies. I would say it was just opportunism. You know, they saw the violence and, and the protests and I'd imagine a lot of that was opportunistic um, people that got, stu- you know, got involved probably as well. In it. I see a text in here too from, from Jennifer. She says, I'm Irish and I'm married to a Brazilian. We've three children and then after, after last night's events, we we're seriously considering emigrating. My husband has a great job, brilliant job here in Ireland. He's never claimed a penny from the state. But it f- just feels that all immigrants have been treated the same by certain elements of society and it's made us really frightened, very frightened, particularly as our children are biracial. What's the message in from, from Jennifer? What about you, um, Marcos? You, you've got in touch with us here in Dublin today. How are you feeling today, Marcos? I am feeling terrified and uh, I've, I've never seen such a thing to happen in Dublin. I, I lived uh, in Dublin for two years and I never see such a thing happening like that. I've been living in Ireland for the past six years and uh, I never experienced that. Like nothing never, like last never. night? Yeah, I got shocked when I saw on the, uh, you know, Dublin city everywhere uh, on the BBC, all the, the social medias and all those videos. I've stopped checking the social medias because there's so much to take in. 
you know, and uh, not a quarter of that is, you know, it's uh, it's useful. And uh, I'm just shocked. I'm just shocked. I have friends who live, uh, who works with me here. Uh, and uh, they couldn't get home last night until later uh, during the evening. Uh, so I'm absolutely shocked, in panic. Where did you say, sorry, Marcos, you're, where did you say you're, you're from? I'm from Brazil. You're from Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I'm from Brazil. I live in Ireland for the past six years, as I said, as I said, and I, I never experienced just a such thing like that. And uh, uh, I feel safe here. I, I definitely feel safe here in Ireland, and uh, but I've never seen such thing like that. Nor like a, a bus is being uh, on on flame, and uh, you know ho- the hotel was like literally on fire with uh, guests inside, and uh, I never see such thing like that. Never. It was really frightening last night for. I think a lot of people just looking, you know, yeah. even for people that were there, obviously, you know, in the middle of it and, and people yeah, working yeah. and then just even and people they, at home watching it. like. Yeah. And then also my thoughts is with the family or those kids, like I, I'm a father myself, but my kids don't leave it here. But, uh, you know, that way when you are a father or you are a mother, you just get worried, like in general, like, you know, like kids are kids and they're innocent. They don't know what, you know, what's, what's really like, uh, what's the sense of things like that when it's happening. Well, so, I was yeah, talking so. to, um, I don't know if you heard, I was talking to Caio Benicio, the yeah. um, Brazilian delivery driver who intervened, you know, in the incident at the at the school yeah, yesterday. Yeah, I and, was listening to, to yeah, his interview myself yeah. here. Yeah, Incredible yeah. It's, man. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah, did an incredible thing yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, like, uh, you know, anyone, anyone, like, me, you, him, or anyone, you know, a normal person would do the same thing. Like, it's just an instinct, you know, when you see, like, a, you know, what those kids went through and that lady on their churches, uh, you know, you would do absolutely the same thing that he did. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, to sh- to take any side. But I mean, what he's, what he's done, you know, what he did was absolutely was, fantastic. Yeah. A message from Catherine here. She says, I'm an Irish immigrant living in Switzerland and I'm angered and saddened by the events in Dublin last night. When I'm home in Dublin, it's the Irish thugs that scare me and intimidate me in the capital city that I love so much. In the last few years, I've advised friends holidaying in Ireland, just consider bypassing Dublin which breaks my heart to say I'm an immigrant in another country and being Irish is an enormous privilege but the events of the last of last night do not give a good image to our beautiful nation Jeff is on the line um Jeff your reaction how are you feeling now this Friday Hi Andrea um thanks so much for having me on the show mm. um yeah I've been processing the events for the last couple of hours obviously like a lot of your callers have have mentioned I'm not immune to the shock uh, either um Obviously, when the, when the news broke, I, I was working from home, so I wasn't in the, in the thick of it myself. But um, I had mates who were actually stuck um, on O'Connell Street. So one of them was actually on a bus and he thought he was being held up in traffic. And when he got out, realized that what was going on and he had to hightail it out of there on foot. Um, so my immediate reaction when I saw that on social media was to check in on my mates who were also immigrants um, just to make sure they were okay. Um, and obviously, I've been living here now as an immigrant, working and contributing um, to society as a law-abiding citizen. Um, I've like uh, for the last five years, over five years now, and obviously, 
shocking to see the the way things went down. Have um, you ever experienced like you know what have you experienced then, Jeff? Um, so just I think regular things when you're walking through the city centre, you'll often see um, groups of young men uh, harassing people of colour, um, and this is particularly prevalent um, like late at night when you're uh, after a night out, for example. You'll see this more often uh, on people. Even when I used to bike into to work or to college, uh, there would be again these groups of young men who would uh, attack me when I was on the, on my bike trying to get push me off uh, and into the road, for example. Um, so I, I I would brush it off anyway. And I, I also want to categorically state as well, Andrea, that I've experienced some amazing kindness and hospitality and friendship with Irish people. And this incident from last night shouldn't erase that. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't changed my opinion either. Um, I think Ireland as a whole, like a lot of your callers were mentioning, is a welcoming and and diverse society. And I'm so happy to be a resident here. Um, But having said that, I do think it's dangerous to dismiss these group of protesters as, quote unquote, far right extremists, because in my opinion, that will further isolate them and further antagonize them to fight against the government and the rest of society. I do think we need to address the root cause like your previous caller was talking about like address these communities that are vulnerable to subscribing to this mindset okay. why are they why are they going down that route that's what what we need to look at but yeah mm. i'm just hoping that um that it, it doesn't happen I again know, i know I, uh, nobody wants to i think see your Witness what went on uh, in Dublin's inner city last night. Catherine is with us too, Jeff. Why did you get in touch, Catherine? Hi, Andrea. Yeah, I'm actually living in Zurich in Switzerland. Oh, I I, you messaged watching, in, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was just shocked watching the events unfold last night. And not just on the news, but on Twitter, just to see that, that uh, horrific, hateful speech on Twitter. That isn't the Ireland that... My friends and I work really hard to present abroad um, as an immigrant abroad because I think people forget that there's an awful lot of Irish immigrants around the world. Yeah. Um, so when this it's conversation of immigration, yeah, when this conversation of immigration comes up, they do make it harder actually for for Irish immigrants abroad. I think it's something that we are. I'm so glad that your previous caller has had positive experiences as well because I think it's. We are the land of a thousand welcomes, a million welcomes. And um, I'd hate to think that last night's events have tainted that in any way. Well, I was talking when I came home after the programme here last night. We did a a special show given what was happening. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend in the States and, and, and they were in contact with some of their pals, Irish friends, some of which I know that are, you know, the undocumented in New York. Yeah. And like, yeah. the two things aren't put in the same category. No, no, no. Yeah. And, it, you know, I mean, sort of I, gas, I, like it's, there's you know. quite a lot of talk about um, implementing stricter policies on immigration here in Switzerland as well. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm here 15 years. Uh, trying to get citizenship is very difficult. Um, and this conversation is going to keep coming up again and again, yeah. as, as uh, you know, a previous caller mentioned already. Um but I think we, we forget that there's quite a huge diaspora abroad and quite a huge number of emigrants abroad. And it seems like last night, I mean, I mentioned in my text, like I I actively tell people now to avoid Dublin. The last few years, my husband's from Dublin. I love Dublin. But I have found Dublin to become a very difficult place to be. I've been followed. I can feel people eyeing up my bag. Um, just people ra- like openly doing drugs 
on O'Connell Street. It's absolutely, it's so shameful that our capital city is in this state. Mm -hmm. And while I completely blame the mob and the thugs that went out last night, I do think that parts of Dublin just look horrific when you consider other cities in Europe. Um, Dublin is a very unique city in terms of mm. what it looks like and it's just so beautiful. And there's some parts of the city that just feel like they're dilapidated and they're not mm-hmm. given the love and respect. And I think if we put more into our city, we will respect it more. Yeah. Catherine, listen, thank you for, for joining us from, from Zurich uh, this afternoon. I, I can imagine, I know you're upset and embarrassed by uh, by what happened here in Dublin. Um, it's two pretty incredible emails I want to, to caught my eye here that have come in that I just want to bring you uh, as well from listeners. Um, we adopted our daughter 22 years ago as a baby. She has an Asian background and having read some of the horrendous commentary in social media about foreigners, she called us very upset last night from her apartment in Dublin because she was scared. She was so scared about getting the bus to work in the morning because she looked different. And I have to say in my 60 years as a proud Dubliner, for the first time, I was truly ashamed to be Irish. That's one message. Another one here. I work for a tech multinational with an office in Dublin and there's now an email that has been circulated basically advising all of our non-Irish staff to avoid Dublin city centre and to avoid certain areas. The Christmas party has now also been pulled for safety reasons. The events of last night have had such a broader impact to our national and our international reputation. Another one I'm so disturbed and disgusted by what happened last night. I work on Parnell Street and it's the Irish lowlifes that intimidate me on the street. They lurk around, they cause trouble on the daily. I've witnessed racial slurs being addressed to immigrants as they try to commute to work while these gangs hang around in the streets. It's heartbreaking to see. The fact this happened outside the GPO and on Parnell Street, um, the greats of the past would be disgusted to see what our country has come to at the hands of those born and bred here. Immigrants add cultural richness to our lovely country. Those in the streets last night clearly don't love their country. To set it in fire last night, how much is this going to cost the taxpayer? They're not contributing to society in any way, shape or form. Um, I want to thank you, all of you actually, for getting in touch with us here today. The texts, the emails, we could we could talk for hours actually just chatting to people. I know a lot of you really want to to talk and express your views and your thoughts about this today. So thank you for getting in touch with me uh, to share your experience. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.